Hello, everyone, and welcome to Janky to the Max, a podcast where we talk about amazing inspirational creations and their amazing creators who make them. Today on the show is super exciting. We got uh, MechWorks, who's going to be talking about his mech. Uh, with me in the virtual studio is my fantastic co-host, Glavin. Hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Glad you could join us today. Um, if you've not already... Uh, done so, hop on our Discord server. Uh, it's on, you can see it at jinky.com. Um, it's also going to be a link in the show notes. Uh, don't forget to follow our Twitter, um, all that jazz. Um, we're we're going to start a new feature into this week, which I'm pretty excited about. We're going to have, a, instead of answering your questions throughout the show as they come up, we're going to have a Q&A session at the bottom. So if you have a question and you're, if you're in the live stream, if you're listening to this after the fact, sorry, this won't apply to you. But if you're in the live stream, uh, make sure to tag all your questions with the podcast rules so that you know we can all see them. Uh, and then we're going to ask them at the end. Um, so, yeah, keep those questions coming. I mean, as you think of them throughout the show, uh, super, so it will be a lot more fun. Um, and then coming up in April, there is going to be Space Month, which it's going to be an entire month. Where each guest is going to talk about is, is involved in some way part of the the space industry, so that is going to be so much fun. Um, and uh, a little little intro for for today's guest. One of the things that I think is just so great about this community is that you know we we, we really don't care, you know how how crazy or seemingly. Um, impossible something is, you know, we just, we just go for it, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I love it. And I, I love these, uh, love these inspirational projects that are just so, so incredible and inspiring. And anyways, um, we, so without, without any, any more, uh, monologuing, uh, welcome to the show, MechWorks. Uh, thank you, Jay, for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, so tell us about your Mac. Tell, give, give us, uh, yeah, just give us a full rundown. Um, well, this is actually my second Mac, technically, I guess you would call it, and the development of it is not exactly linear. It's a bit of a mess, because I started out in, like, when was it, 2016, figuring out I'm, uh, I was pretty much trying to figure out something some guys already did, but cheaper. There were these guys called Skeletronics. They were a bit of an internet thing about, I don't know, a couple, like 2013, they first came out. They had like this kind of a mechanical suit, which would, you know, like a pair of stilts and a pair of arms that would like uh, mimic your movements. Yeah, kind of like that. And they were, you know, running it around and stuff. And they said, yeah, we'll sell ours for like, $50,000, and one of my brothers kind of cheekily said, hey, can you build this cheaper? And, well, I sat on it for a while. You Elon Musk it. Yeah, I sat on it for a while, and while I was uh, browsing, like, what was it, Pinterest, I came across this one, like, sketch someone did of a um, uh, exosuit, and, uh, like, some of the support frameworks had, like, some 135-degree angles, and some 90-degree angles in, like, sort of a cylinder shape. And I was looking at it, and I thought, wait a sec, that looks like PVC. 
I could build it out of PVC. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would definitely <laughs> cut down the cost. Yep, because PVC, you can get like 10 feet of it for three bucks. So. Exactly. It's pretty nice. I came up with a um, uh, prototype and actually did get a little bit of a, um, uh, what would you call it? Kind of like a sponsorship with a um, uh, makerspace in 2017, but they were going through a um, uh, change in management at the time, so they only kind of let me in, I think, rather grudgingly. Because, you know, 2017, the aftermath, there was a, the politics of the time, you know. So, I'm not really mentioned anywhere in their records. <laughs> I just slipped under the radar in that regard. <laughs> but I actually made a lot of the parts for my current big uh, robot, Marduk, which is, you know, like a, um, a actual mech. And, you know, working with all these big parts, I was hoping to make, you know, like the big door and stuff more of a suit. But I was like, you know, this is too big and unwieldy. I'll try to make something smaller, dial back a bit. And so I started to work on a more skeletronics kind of shaped thing. And that took me about a year, you know, I'm saving up, uh, going through all sorts of different iterations. And I finally got a sort of um, suit that I nicknamed a Judd McStud. <laughs> that, that name has so much meaning packed in it. Oh, you should put a post a picture uh, when when you get the chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be sure to. I've also got like a, a hilarious little video of like one of my first tests. I'm uh, standing up in the suit and it's uh, kind of a little wobbly. And so I then uh, later recorded like some context saying that the giant robot got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, dude, you drank all of these. How are you still alive? So, <laughs> because I had like a box of two months worth of like beer. So <laughs> I was like, hey, I could use this as a funny video. Uh, I was uh, doing some work with um that. I did try to get another sort of um sponsorship with more like a um uh, getting people to help you um, build stuff. Again, at this um, same uh, makerspace, but it was different people hosting it at, like, one of the local universities. And some of the other teams there had some cool stuff. Like, there was this um, uh, guy who had, like, a Rubik's Cube Scrabble game, and these people who had, a um, uh, like, a um, generator where you could uh, pretty much charge your phone by walking. There was, like, a little... Um, uh, loop that would go down to your feet and you pull on the loop and then do the um, uh, charging up of a battery, which was pretty neat. Yeah. And, you know, I did And then, I did and then you walk in and then you walk through the doors with this giant mac and <laughs> well, the everyone drops uh, what they're doing and just circles you. Well, the thing is I didn't bring it with me, but I did have the pictures um, up and unfortunately I didn't have um, Marduk even really built at the time, so I just had little Judd McStud. And, <laughs> like, uh, some of the comments were like, oh, that's just a puppet, and even though I said exactly what I wanted, what I was there for, the people were like, why are you even here? So I was like, well, you know, I mentioned in my slideshow, this, this, and this, and, you know, I was, like, thinking, okay, I probably won't win. And but what was really funny is that, um, the guy who did win was the 
cheapest, easiest thing they could have chosen. <laughs> what was it? Cardboard pinball machines, and I don't mean any offense to him, but um, that wasn't... It's a cool idea, but... Yeah. No. Was it? Did he execute it really well? Um, it, like, was an execution thing? I. It was okay. I mean, their main reason behind it was, oh, you know, something for kids, that sort of thing. So. Yeah. That. That. that I mean, I, I feel like an awesome walking robot is a bit better than that. But mm. you, 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 you know my vendetta against college. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, this was like the Yamaha. Um, uh, instrumentation department of their university so you know you go in there talking about giant robots and you don't actually you know have something you can sit down and and scare people with there a little eh. yeah so prototypes on paper were no no basically (laughs) yeah well the funny thing is the um, uh, similar principles i used in john mcstud for his arms i actually used in my uh, big one marduk but just uh scaled up Okay. All right. So, so you you enter this. Was it a competition? It was something called like a pitch it fabit or something like that. So okay. you can get like um, uh, you can get up to like a bunch of help uh, designing stuff. And I think I might actually be submitting again because I've been working on a widget which would, um, frank frankly, kind of um change the landscape of robotics somewhat because. You could, instead of using a bunch of little motors to power your robot, all right, you can mm-hmm. then just use one big motor, then just use this widget to individually control it out to various sources. So it's kind of like oh, wow. the mechanical gear work equivalent of like a, um, uh, what would you call it, a, like um, a hydraulic system, but without hydraulics. Oh, oh that is a... So did it like even need any... Like how would how would you be able to control when to like move an arm and when not to? Um, well, with the, this uh, widget I've been working on, I call it. I've been faffing around with some of the names. There's like um, a power transmission matrix, power distribution matrix, power distribution array, more or less variation of the same thing. It um, uh, changes power, so it's pretty much you just um, uh, flip a um, uh, move a little lever, and it'll um, uh, reverse the um, uh, turning of your um, uh, out output um, axle without changing your uh, input axle's rotation. So you could literally like take a gas motor, stick it on there, and then make it go back and forth, you know, on multiple points. So you can control a robotic arm with a gas motor. That is so great. Because, like, yeah, motors are one of the most, well, okay, they aren't the most, but they're a very expensive aspect of, of a lot of projects and you know that's that's always the dream to be able to reduce the motor count. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that is incredible. So you, you develop. So you, you after you go from, you get home from the competition, you work on this um, you know, this power distribution matrix, um, and then you, you start working in Marduk. Uh, yep. The, the uh, timeline is a little wobbly, but you do have the general idea. Yeah. Started working on Marduk because I was thinking. You know, it's a bit of a pain in the butt to be schlepping around Judd McSud. I don't like. 
Cobot that I can be lazy with, that I can just sit in there. Oh? You're, you're, I think you're cutting out here and there. Oh, yeah, I'm getting a uh, disconnected notice. Uh, oh, no. RTC um, disconnected? Should you, you want to disconnect and reconnect? Just to... Mm, that might be a good idea. Probably the um, uh, little phone button. Yes, the, with the, the okay. next Sorry about that. One second. I'll be right back, hopefully. Stay tuned as we work through these. Oh, there we go. There we go. Not better? Okay. There we go. All right. Fantastic. So, where were we? Um, <laughs> I love Discord. Um, mm. So, you you start working on Marduk. That, that's the part where you cut off. Mm. Yeah, where was I going with that? Um, well, Marduk is pretty much like the um, uh, lazy giant robot, I guess, because I don't have to uh, support the weight, you know, to hold it up. I can just sit in it, drive it around like a car, which makes it a lot easier, because then all I got to do is um, focus my, um, uh, really, my physical effort on moving the arms, because they're, like, um, all mechanical. So relying on the uh, pilot's strength to move the arms does mean, you know, it can't um, lift a car or anything, but... Because of how leverage works, you can get actually quite a punch, you know. Right. Wow. So the so the arms you like pull a lever, or like how do you, how do you control them? Like that seems like because there's a lot of motion that you have to account for. Uh yeah. Um, have you ever seen the anime Gurren Lagann? No, I have not. Uh, well, well, in the um, uh, probably some people listening might know of it, and um. Like, in the giant robot, it has, like, to control the arms, these sort of, like, little arms inside the cockpit. Also, like, the, um, uh, Method 2, I think it is, by a Korean company. I forget their name. But it's essentially kind of like, uh, Waldo arms. You've got a little arm that you move, uh, inside the cockpit, and then the big arm, uh, mimics the movement. Oh, yeah. Almost kind of like, uh, there's another anime out there, Appleseed, that kind of does something similar. Yeah, kind of like that, except my arms are inside the cockpit and not uh, hanging out for anyone to poke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, wow. the arms on the only really manual part, because uh, the torso actually uh, rotates with a um, linear actuator, and the uh, steering is power steering also with linear actuators. I was actually put on to the idea by someone on my YouTube channel. He suggested, um, hey, why don't you try, um, linear actuators used for, like, uh, massage tables and stuff. They're really cheap, and I've made an arm out of them. So I was like, okay, I'll buy one, and checked it out, and I was like, I could power this with a car battery. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, I like, um, love, I love how your, where your mind goes as far as, um, Ooh, I can do this cheaper. I can do this better. <laughs> yep, I've it's got so a... It's so beautiful. Uh, it's so beautiful. I can mention the um, uh, whole spiel behind that uh, after I, like, talk about the development and stuff, so... Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay, so... Keep going. Started getting the linear actuators on, and, you know, fiddling with those, it's like, um, how do you control a linear actuator? There's, like, all these companies, they say, you know, all this stuff to, like, control them and stuff, and I was just looking and thinking... You know, they probably make automotive-grade switches. So what I essentially just have to um, uh, make the linear actuators go back and forth is 
a simple double pull, double throw, a switch. So you switch it one way, the polarity goes one way. Switch it the other way, polarity goes the other way. It's like a uh, manual H-bridge uh, motor controller, pretty much. Nice. So it's pretty cheap. It's janky. That's what <laughs> yep. it is. <laughs> it's pretty much I'm trying to work out uh, how to make a giant robot with uh, the least amount of money. <laughs> oh. So how much... How much do you think, it, like, if, 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 say, one of our listeners wanted to build it from the ground up, how much do you think it, it would cost? Well, it depends where you get your snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, so are you powering this with, a, with like, a two-stroke snowblower engine? Uh, actually, it is uh, dri- it's, um, driven. Only the um, forward and backward motion is uh, controlled by the snowblower engine. And I actually ended up, like, a... Uh, throwing the rod on the original engine, so I got, like, a Harbor Freight $100 special. <laughs> oh, oh, this is this is amazing. So does it only work in the snow? Um, well, I've been trying to drive it in the snow. I've got a few videos on my YouTube channel. Um, unfortunately, the way I have it, the um, mech kind of tilts a little f- too far forward about what was it, 7.8 degrees um, forward. I did the trig to calculate it out. So <laughs> You can actually use high school geometry in real life. Yes. Yeah. I knew so it wonder for the reason. For, for those of you going through high school right now, this is the use. Building mechs. Yep. Exactly. I mean, even though I did have, like, some uh, engineering in college... Uh, not using much that I learned from it, except maybe ordering parts from McMaster Car. <laughs> so besides, and the... even then, I ended up not using the parts. <laughs> so besides the, just the, like... the snowblower, like for the rest of the mech, the body of it and everything, like about how much would that end up costing someone if they wanted to build that? Um. Well, I haven't exactly got the um. Uh, price in front of me, but if you also had to, like, get a snowblower user, it would cost probably at the most 2000 bucks. Oh, it's not bad at all. That, yeah, that, that's incredibly... That, that, is, that is impressive to, to get that kind of... Yeah, because a lot of the um, uh, structure, it's like PVC and lumber and the right. um, uh, metal um, uh, like uh, skin on it. That's just like thin aluminum flashing you get at Home Depot or any other home improvement store. Other home improvement stores are available. <laughs> nice. I bet the people at, at your local uh, at your local hardware store know you are know you by name. Uh, definitely Adam uh, Aubuchon's. Uh, I don't I don't mean to like uh, try to promote their brand or anything, but they are the only people who have machine screws in the quantities I need at a good price. Because <laughs> you can get like 23-inch machine screws for like four bucks. No one else has that price. Or that brand of machine screws. So you know, at one point I showed them a video and they were like, that's what you're doing here. Wow, that's pretty neat. <laughs> I, I can guarantee you that was the coolest thing that those machine screws probably would have ever been used for. <laughs> for sure. 
I'm so, like, I can't count out how many packages I've bought. It's like a big stack of mud and all. So you, you were saying your, your development process is in, is in bits and pieces. Did you? Does that mean like you focus on okay? I'm gonna I'm just gonna work on the torso today, or I'm just gonna work on the arms, or is it more like work on the arms here, work on the torso, work on the legs? Like, what, what's kind of like your process? No, well, it was kind of an interesting process because I've actually had uh, Marduk's arms kinking around since like um, when 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 was it? Twenty seventeen. I first built uh, Marduk's arms, so that was like part of my initial mech attempt. And then I had the parts like sitting in the back shed for a couple years. So, and then I figured out the joys of PVC cement. Ooh, that's amazing. <laughs> It's a lot better than Gorilla Glue, I can tell you. I'm regretting using Gorilla Glue because parts of the arms are, like, finally falling off, and I'm like, darn. <laughs> well, it's good to discover all this stuff in the prototype stage. Yeah. How does it... I'm still, I'm, I'm still not... So the pro... so you just got a snowblower, and there's, like, the mm-hmm. same propellant... Was it, is it, it's a worm screw? I, I live in the... And a no snow zone, so I'm not familiar yeah. with snow blowers. Um, um, well, uh, how snow blowers work is they've kind of got like a, um, I think maybe the correct term would be a constant variable transmission. I mean, it's sort of like a, how it changes the gears is you've got like your um, uh, main like a uh, drive wheel, um, spinning that comes directly from the engine, and then you've got another wheel that is parallel to it or no perpendicular to it. That when you pull on like the um, uh, clutch. Um, arm, it then uh, pushes the um, uh, rotating wheel into the perpendicular one. And depending on how so, far it's moved on to it, determines how the speed. Um, well, it can move pretty fast. It depends on um, uh, because uh, I have a cable running from the cockpit all the way down to the um, uh, transmission lot, uh, stick shift. Mm-hmm. I literally just have like a couple wires hooked on to the um, uh, snowblower's transmission <laughs> so the uh leverage doesn't exact isn't exactly worked out just right you can't go forward and backward but can't take advantage of the um uh, full extent of the um uh, snowblower's uh what the snowblower can do but it can move at a uh, walking pace i was once um uh, showing it to um, one of my brothers and uh the clutch lever was a little uh, hinky in the cockpit, so I tried releasing it, and the mech wouldn't stop. <laughs> so I was yelling out to him, push the button, flip the switch, and he's like, what button? What switch? And then I hit a tree. <laughs> and he finally stopped it. It must have been so comical. It's just this mech slowly lumbering towards the tree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Push the button, flip the lever. Which this, button? Which lever? There's so many. This thing doesn't have any brakes on it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad thing. I did try putting some uh, brakes on it, but since I o- had to overhaul like the steering system, I've had to like remove the brakes for now. And now I pretty much got to hope I can engine brake in order to stop the mech. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> See, that's that's your next step, though. Get like a, a V8 engine on there, that sucker. Put like the, the biggest wheels you can find, 
<laughs> oh wow, that's that, that that's 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 amazing. I'm getting the RTC uh, disconnected thingy bajig again. Well, I can still hear um, you just fine so far. If you, I mean, if you can still hear me, uh, just let yeah, me know can, when you can't hear yeah. me, then I can reconnect. Uh, maybe it's just Discord being hinky again. Yeah. <laughs> so, how much of it, like, uh, like, how much, I'm just curious, like, percentage-wise, how much of it is, it is it just, like, costume and decoration, and how much does it actually work? Like, the, the arms work, but, I mean, the legs obviously don't walk, but um, mm-hmm. they work. Like the head, I take it that 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 that, that that's uh, like cosplay, or is that like actual? Not cosplay. Um, what, Aesthetic what, what, or is what, actually what? functional? Yeah, that, decorative. Decorative. Yes. Um, it depends on what you mean by decorative. I mean, what does a head really um do? If it um is a place for the eyes, I do have a camera inside of it. Oh, so that, that helps you like with steering and uh, like. Oh, wow, that's a. Um, yep, well, I can uh, got like a Raspberry uh, Pi cam in there. Um, it's mostly um, the camera system is like Raspberry Pi based, so mm-hmm. I've got like a little Raspberry Pi hanging out in there. Then I have got like a wire going all the way up into the head, and then I have a um, large, excuse me, a, a mon- large-ish monitor. I've got just like a dangling inside the cockpit, so you can uh, see out of it with like. Um, you know, like a giant robot. Nice. <laughs> How much reminds me of even... like Titanfall? Like if you played the game, Titanfall it has like the, the got... screens in there. I've got like all sorts of like little um, uh, GUIs on like the um, uh, display, a little targeting rectangle. I've got like um, uh, some Raspberry Pi information, like the temperature, the time, the date, CPU usage, and I was looking into the. I think it was the. MCP3008 chip, which allows for uh, analog input for the Raspberry Pi, and I do have it set up so it can like um get like a reading of where the uh, head is rotated, or if I wanted to, which direction the wheels are rotated with a variable resistor. But I've been too lazy to try to connect it up. So <laughs> sounds like a good plan for a future project. Um. Yep. But uh, when it comes to like um. The uh, head, ro- not head rotation, steering rotation. It actually just whipped up a quick, like a uh, 3D printed um gauge, which I've got like a Bowden cable going from the gauge directly, like all the way down to one of the wheels. So when the wheel pulls on the wire, like um, moves the indicator. So oh. you know generally which way you're steering. Nice. Oh, how to, to give us the sense of how how big this is. Yeah, well, how big is it? Uh, well, last time I measured it, it was about 11 foot 10, I think. Ooh. And when I make the adjustment to make it so it stops leaning forward, I might lose a few inches. <laughs> Do you have an idea of generally the weight? It is, it is just about as big as Karatos, but the last time I weighed it, it was uh, before I yeah. added the um, uh, rotating um, uh, base on the bottom, which is kind of like really mushing two mechs together pretty much <laughs> so back before I added the um, uh, base it was about 175 pounds so weighed a little more than me wow 
and I'm guessing the wood base I added to it is about 75 or 80 pounds. So, and then adding the engine to it, that's another 30 pounds. And you're probably gonna get upset because I didn't get the math quite right, but it's roughly 250, 275 pounds total minus a pilot. Nice. Oh, that that's it's a nice really light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, 250 pounds? Um, about. I haven't weighed it, but I do know that if I gotta, like, um, shift it slightly, that I can, like, grab, like, one of the legs and pull it up. So, <laughs> it doesn't weigh too much. That, wow, that, uh, that, that is unbelievable. But so, I'm wait. always concerned about it falling on me, so. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had it, have you ever had it actually fall over or tip? Um, only when there was, like, really insane windstorms, because I'm, like, a, a couple of miles from Lake Champlain, so you get, like, a lot of wind building up across the lake and down out of the Canadian uh, plains. It can pick up sometimes quite intense. It's tipped over really twice, and I've used my van to, like, uh, pull it upright. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there was this uh, one time, though. It was when I was putting the um, uh, top half on the bottom half. Uh -huh. And um, I tried to see if I could put the two halves together, then use my van to pull it upright. And you can imagine how well that went. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to put a nut on the uh, hip's axle. So uh -huh. when I tried to pull it upright, the thing just folded in half around the middle. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like, oh, dear. <laughs> what happened? What went wrong? And I'm like, oh, I forgot a nut. <laughs> Did it break anything? Did you have to go back to the drawing board on this and, like, re rebuild that, uh, that component? I haven't had really to go fully back to a drawing board in quite a while. Because, um... Last time I probably went back to scratch was when I was still trying to figure out the uh, arm system, really. Mm. And, um, like, uh, with the Skeletronic system, they've got this, like, crazy daisy chain of levers and pulleys to get the um, uh, movement from the Waldo elbow to the larger elbow. I looked at it and was like, yeah, no, even though there's pictures of your mechanism, that's too complicated for me. I'm just going to use Bowden cables. <laughs> so you know it's like a bike kind of yeah exactly both the big one and the little one oh smart so uh, in this whole experience i mean you know you're building it um testing that sort of stuff what is your favorite reaction you've seen from someone and what's your least favorite reaction mm. well probably one of my favorite reactions is i was like um selling some keychains at a local like a uh, haunted house event and I was playing some um, uh, video of Marduk and, you know like the big one and I was actually had brought Judd McStud with me and was you know standing up in him waving at people and someone looked at uh, the video of Marduk I showed and they're like that's not real and I'm like <laughs> yes it is go ahead and look at my YouTube channel here's a card <laughs> oh, that's that. 
That is amazing. I feel like that's the equivalent of being called a hacker in, in a video game and you're so good at it, you know? <laughs> but what's the what's the least favorite reaction you've gotten from someone? Well, it would probably either be those uh, fellows asking, why are you here at this pitch it fabbit thing? Either yeah. that or something that just actually happened this morning, which is kind of uh, hilarious talking about it a bit more before the podcast you know <laughs> so you know, I was looking into getting into um, uh, displaying at a uh, convention you know my giant robot and I've done a couple conventions before and I've had no problems but this one convention they're saying you need insurance in order to even let us have you see the user agreement to sign up to be to show off at this convention and i'm like you won't even let me see the contract for this i'm not going to spend money on insurance if it isn't required in the contract (laughs) (laughs) because on like the terms of service that you can access um it's like through a um, a third party called like um and they say Yep, but by uh, purchasing a ticket, you agree that any uh, risks that happen in this event, as long as you're notified of them, you take them on your own. So if, there, if there's a risk of you getting maimed or dying, that's on you. You can't blame anyone but yourself. Uh... That's like what it says when you get a ticket, but the guys who are actually running the convention are like, that's not our terms. So. Oh, goodness. <laughs> And they won't even let me see a contract, so I'm having to work around talking to the venue people themselves to see if I can get a contract, copy of the contract from them before I even agree. Oh, gosh. It is a big mess of legal beagle stuff, I tell you. (laughs) Seems kind of crooked that they wouldn't have the contract be openly available, because, I mean, like, you have to sign it anyways before you actually get the insurance, right? Yeah, they told me, well, let us know when you're about to buy the insurance and we'll give you the contract. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yes, let me see the contract first. It's like, they yeah, don't want, that... it's like they don't want you to shop around or something. Yeah, I mean, mech insurance these days is very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, think... I, I bet... I bet uh, the mech insurance industry has suffered a bit of a loss with uh, Megabots shutting down. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's actually um, uh, Matt, the um, uh, one guy who's really uh, left on it. He uh, came out on a podcast a little while ago um, uh, talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's uh, quite interesting. Yeah. I-, I followed them short. Like, I remember um, a while ago when it was... It was- more of a big deal and god this is so cool i think they i was telling glavin this i feel like they have had an amazing idea i just feel like they were too early it is partially that um uh, from what i understand the uh, mark ii or eagle prime it was kind of unreliable but you know they could get it running they could drive it in circles move the arms that sort of fun stuff Mm -hmm. but when they went to challenge a sweet obashi I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Sweet Obashi had them sign a non-disclosure agreement so they couldn't talk about Karatas at all. And uh, what happened was 
eventually they got to the point where Megabots went to Japan to fight Kratos. Megabots had to pay Kratos like $200,000 just for them to show up. Wow. Whoa. And then it turns out that, yeah, Kratos can't turn. <laughs> it can only drive in straight lines. Oh, no. So they literally were getting out, like, crowbars to turn Kratos so it would be in a different position. And it took two weeks for them to film the fight. Oh, no. Two oh. weeks to film a 25-minute fight and, you know. Oh, no. That's... I'm like, yes, oh, guys. We need yeah. people like you, MechWorks. We need to build our own mechs. From Harbor Freight, and then fight them against <laughs> each other. Let's do this, people. Listen, yeah, if you're out there, if you got two thousand bucks and you're close to a local hardware store, let's do this. You can do it if you study my videos enough. You know, you, you can probably figure it out. But I am hoping to, um, uh, over the next year or so, make like a how-to book. Oh yeah. So you know, people can. Uh, do their own and also probably put in like some philosophical ramblings I've you know thought about while building a giant robot because you know talking about philosophy and giant robots is like mandatory <laughs> hey hit, hit us with a with a zen quote you came up with a zen quote um, hmm. well not, not zen quote but like a, yeah. a deep quote yeah well when you're using a tool there's a right way and a wrong way to use it and just like life sometimes there's a right way and wrong way to do things and that people have been working on tools for thousands of years the tools do change quite a bit in how they're constructed and built but a hammer has been a hammer for quite a while a saw has been a saw for a while and an axe has been an axe for a while so even though the details have changed the general idea is still the same a lot of truth in that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Hey, yeah, uh, listeners, uh, keep hitting us with those questions. Um, oh, have we been getting uh, listener questions? Or Not yet. I mean, I oh. know. What's going on, people? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Am um, I that uninteresting? So, so, <laughs> I don't think that's the issue. Um, oh, here we got one question on here. Uh, what kind of tests have you done for dexterity, and can your robot pick up stuff? Um, I did work on some uh, fingers, uh, 3D printed uh, jobs, um, which are, again, they are empowered. That you got to, like, pull a little um, uh, loop in the cockpit on one of the Waldos, and the fingers do move. I haven't tried picking up stuff, but I have, you know, wiggled the fingers, given a thumbs up, that sort of thing. Um, because of the uh, differential... You know, between the movements of the big fingers and your little fingers, I do have to work it out, but there is, you know, like, some movement, but I, have, I haven't tried picking up stuff, but I have tried punching stuff. How'd that go? Um, well, I was punching, like, the um, uh, face and torso of Judd McStud, and I was actually using not... probably not a good idea to have inflatable sock and boppers for a giant robot's fist... But <laughs> so I managed to knock it down. <laughs> and this is even with the soccer boppers like flopping around and stuff. Yeah, you know, I want to see that. I, I want to have 
a mech battle with sock and what did you say? Rock and sock and Rock and sock and boppers. Boppers, yeah, yeah. That that would be hilarious. Ooh, yeah, like a giant inflatable fist, pretty much. Speaking of um, of of weapons, Benny Turtle asked uh, if you can mount a real gun, and I am absolutely behind that. <laughs> um, well. I do have, like, um, uh, two kind of uh, power packs to um, uh, power some of the um, auxiliary systems of the mech. Look at me sounding all particular auxiliary <laughs> systems. The camera system and pretty much one extra. I've got, like, this uh, weird little, um, like, portable power pack. It's like a brand of weeby top. It's got, like, a little handle on it. And that I can use to um, uh, run the uh, optical system, you know, the Raspberry Pi and the uh, monitor. And then I have one of these uh, battery backups. That's like a brand of cyber power. It's got like this little screen on it. it has like, yes, you've got so many uh, minutes left of runtime. This is how much current you're pulling and all that sort of fun stuff. And the uh, cyber power can actually... I picked up a um, baseball launcher from Goodwill last summer. <laughs> and this cyber power can run the baseball launcher for, it says... Five minutes solid on full power. <laughs> oh, so I can strap a baseball launcher to one of the arms and shoot baseballs out of it at like 50 miles an hour. Okay, okay, okay. Spitball idea here. A janky conference where the whole there's a workshop where you have three days to build a mech out of Harbor Freight material. I'm not sure if they have PVC at Harbor Freight, but yeah. Or uh, I should say a hard, hardware store. Like, mm. just hit, hit the local hardware stores, build them back, fight it out. That would be amazing. Okay. Um, now, Jack here is, is asking a really important question. Do chicks dig it? Hmm. <laughs> well, that is a good question. Um, when I have gone to um, uh, some conventions, you know, people... You know, like they're like, what is this? What is going on? And then they kind of like take a, take a step back, and then they're like, holy crap, that's a giant <laughs> robot! And that look of realization, it's like, whoa, that's priceless. That is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you need to add more puppies. Like if you, if you just added like a, if you have a home holding a giant leash or leash or something. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't really been taking it out much because you know I'm trying to get it so some. Just right, fully functional. I can just, mm -hmm. like, bring it somewhere, hop in it, and go. Well, bringing it somewhere is going to be another challenge on its own. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... I did build it so it could theoretically break down and fit in my van. But the last time I tried that, I didn't have the, uh, make the cod piece removable at the time. So I tried putting it in the van... And the cod piece kept it from fitting. So literally, being too well endowed was a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like uh, so frustrated. I like took the piece, which was pretty much like nearly in the entire cockpit, lifted it up, and like chucked it across the, my driver. I was like, "Darn it!" <laughs> uh, so, um. I think the the obvious solution to this is just make it road safe. Just drive it down the road. <laughs> drive it to wherever you want to get shipped it to. 
at a full <laughs> three and a half miles per hour. Very fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, just, just again, outfit it with a V8 engine and just cruised it. <laughs> you know, I feel like if you got pulled over the cops at that point, I, I would I would want to frame that ticket just, just because. Yeah, I'm sitting on there driving a giant robot. <laughs> oh, that's a, uh, here's another good question. So, do you do you plan on? Um, uh, do you plan on adding sound effects to it? Well, the thing is, the uh, snowblower engine is kind of loud. So I do actually have like a little battery-powered uh, bullhorn, you know, so I can like project my voice, but I haven't tried actually, you know, playing sound effects over it to see if it can be heard over the sound of the engine. But I would like to play like some... There's this one guy on YouTube... Uh, I don't mean to start like doing shout outs to people without oh, their no, permission, that, but it's cool. <laughs> it is like a uh, string storm. He does like 40 K themed metal and like covers some like a uh, Russian band who also does 40 K uh, themed metal. And some of the songs are great. And I'm like, I'd want to play this when driving my giant robot around. So I got like choir backings and like the crunchy guitars and, Nice. Oh, that, it's like yes, metal. <laughs> <laughs> My kind of music. <laughs> oh, wow, that, that that is that is so cool. So, do you, what are you the like? What's the what's the end game? What's where the the ultimate upgrades for for this mech? The ultimate updates would probably making it so it's safe for people to try out. So, you know, I could set up something like a horse ranch, but instead of horses, yeah, you can come in here, 15 bucks, 15 minutes, uh, 60 bucks an hour, that's about what a horse riding lessons cost. You can uh, pilot a giant robot, but you yes. also have to sign a liability waiver. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would I would be absolutely down for that. Do they, 100%. Do they get to see the waiver after they pay for it or before? You get to see it before you pay. <laughs> yeah, something about that seems messed up. I feel like you should yeah. pay for it and then see the document that you're signing. <laughs> uh, it's weird. I've, I've done like some uh, some other stuff. Like I did indoor skydiving once, and it was like, um, here's the agreement. If you get hurt, it's not our fault. It's like indoor skydiving? Mm, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did that once. That was That was boring. I feel like the the point of skydiving is that you go from a really it's the view and then like the whole experience of like falling down to the earth and parachute like it's not the two minutes or so of not weightlessness but you know pre falling like the, like who you, you actually are going through <laughs> space and going from a high altitude to a lower altitude the actual yeah. motion yeah I didn't really look at it like uh indoor skydiving i was thinking okay i'm gonna be able to float around and it's like every single subtle movement of the human body like changes your aerodynamics and changes your position which is why i'm kind of a favor of um if you had like a flying mech fighting a jet fighter depending on your pilot um, a flying humanoid might get some create more crazy maneuvers that a jet fighter couldn't keep up with (laughs) oh yeah 
But then again, Um, the jet fighter guys alone suffer from sensory overload, just with the jet fighter HUD, so never mind what a humanoid (laughs) robot would put straight on the system would do. (laughs) Uh, So uh, the the question was asked, you should add an AI to it so that you you can can respond to like, hey, Mardu, what's the weather outside? Hey, Martyr, get the newspaper. <laughs> Sit, boy. Shay. I would love to try to put, like, some automation from the Raspberry Pi down to, like, the um, uh, engine uh, for it. Like, uh, like a, put a little slider on the Raspberry Pi and I can, like, control the engine's throttle. That would be pretty neat. Yes, that would be That's that... stuff. Oh, get like a one of those a soundboard, one of those old analog sound soundboards with each lever does a does a different thing. <laughs> or do like an Internet of Things uh, sort of deal and have like a Doctor Horrible Van remote to control a giant robot. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that yes, uh, yeah, awesome. that would control the giant robot with your phone, like Kratos, <laughs> but actually works. <laughs> Drive it around with an Xbox controller. <laughs> Oh, so, so wait, in a way, you were able to build a better robot than they were, right? Uh, it does depend on what you mean by better, because I guess technically you could not consider it a robot because it doesn't have powered arms, but... It's definitely cheaper. Mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a uh, philosophical... 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 Um, uh, think about that if you'd like to hear some more Zen ponderings. Yes, please do. Hit us. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a bit of some fun historical stuff. It was um, uh, Plato who came up with the idea of um, Platonic ideals. And pretty much what those are is like, um, you know, every culture has got a bed, they've got a house, they even have a dragon. And, you know, they do vary over time, but. And, you know, very over culture, but you've got the same general idea. Oh, geez, this is similar to my um, uh, tool analogy, but you can see where I'm going with this. Right. And uh, that you have these hypothetical ideas that are, um, like, constant across your cultures. You know, a bed has got, like, a squishy place to put your head, some sort of um, covering to protect you. Even though the materials differ, you know, it's still considered a bed. And... Yeah these platonic ideals that if something strives not to be like the object of a bed, but strives to be like a bed in some ways, it can be more real than the object itself. So you've got like your, um, uh, sword from the middle ages, you know, it's kind of plain and simple, but when you compare a period accurate sword to like one of these fantasy swords that are all the rage nowadays, People prefer the fantasy, so fancy sword over the real deal. Right. It's a lot of trees in there. And see, that's kind of what I'm going for. It's not literally a mech, but it strives to be like the idea of a mech. And in some ways it is more real, but technically not. Ah, I, yeah. I like that. This was, this was actually in a book that I just read. I just read Jurassic Park for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. that was kind of the thing that they brought up in there because people didn't, uh, they, 
the conflict between Hammond, which is the person that made the whole Jurassic Park, and like the lead scientist was, people don't want actual real dinosaurs. They want something that gives them the idea of uh, something that's better than dinosaurs. But Hammond was very <laughs> like wanting to stick with the the real deal versus something that's enhanced to fit people's imagination of what they would like. So they don't really want if these bloodthirsty dinosaurs. That, if you know, I remember right, it was like uh, the dinosaurs were moving too fast. and yeah. it was like, No, they got to move slow. They need to move slow. People think they're going to move slower, so they needed to move slower. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the reason behind that, wasn't it because it was like more oxygen back then? So they were capable of supporting like these real massive bodies. Yeah, I think so. Something with like the atmosphere or something of the sort. Really? Is, is, was, is that like a real thing or is that just something they made up in the book? Uh, I think well, that's an actual uh, that's, fact. Yeah. Actually, they got... There was more air. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have Weird. also a kind of cool thing, like if you look at the research done in Antarctica, since it grows layers of ice at a steady rate, mm. you can actually, when they're drilling down and looking at the ice, what they're really doing able to do in there is like look at the air pockets that are frozen in the ice and you can tell what the little snapshots of what the atmosphere was like x amount of years ago oh yeah mm -hmm. it's pretty cool <laughs> oh that is wow yeah I, I heard that there's a whole for paleontology <laughs> the whole field is opening up because you're having um you know what used to well, used to be third world countries second or third world countries um they're starting to have actual paleontology programs. So, you know, some Asian country, we're getting fossils from Asian countries, um, I think some from maybe even Africa. So instead of it just being like Europe and America, we're getting a, a much more fuller. Um, and so that's why there's just adding so many more species of dinosaurs to, um, to, the, to the fossil record. Yeah, good old Pangea. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, cool. The talk of dinosaurs actually reminds me of kind of like a little idea I've had about um, giant robots' alternative methods to making one. Yeah. And back in, like, the uh, 30s, the Russians had some experiments keeping dog heads alive separate from their bodies. And, you know, Ooh, the dog heads would, this. They would react to stimuli, you know, like, you know, poke the dog head, and the dog head will be like, hey, stop that. <laughs> and I was thinking you could do the same thing with just muscle. Uh -huh. And there's actually this uh, one guy, he's looking into that. He tried, like, putting the like some muscle in a sucrose solution, but, you know, it only lasts so long without oxygen. <gasps> oh, so, wow. What you could theoretically do is you make your, like, skeleton, get, like, some meat, you either take it from a cow or do the more humane thing and just take a little bit and vat grow it, and then you could, like, graft it onto the, um, uh, your metal exoskeleton or ceramic if you want to be fancy, and you could make a meat mech. Yes. Well, this oh, that would be horrifying. This is sounding like the Terminator really quickly. <laughs> I just want to point that, I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know this is it's it's, it's really sad but whenever there's like a, a global tragedy or like you know political event or something that it goes on I, the, my first immediate thought is oh 
this is becoming more cyberpunk. This is like a sci-fi book. <laughs> and, then, and then I realized, oh, that, that's, that, that's terrible. Having a, a global pandemic of a, of a disease, that's, that's actually a really bad thing. I shouldn't be mm. happy that, that the, <laughs> the world's turning out like a sci-fi book, but at the same time, yes! <laughs> Man, I've uh, read a lot of them. Well, read, I had a... My previous job, I was doing, like, data entry, and I got to listen to audiobooks for, like, eight hours a day. So I've listened to a lot of sci-fi books, and looking around at the world today, I'm like, holy crap, we're living in sci-fi. I know, like, yeah. Discord and stuff. It's, like, crazy. I've literally got um, nearly the entire sum of human knowledge on a small device in my pocket. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a smartphone until I was, like, in... I was out of college, and so having the internet in my pocket, I'm like, wow, I can learn so much. <laughs> oh, the, the possibilities are endless. Wait, so so you did you did data entry while building a Mac? Uh, yep. <laughs> wow, okay, so I'll just, I'll just do a quick plug for you. If there's anyone who's looking for, for, for someone who can, who can do a job, this guy's built a freaking Mac from scratch, so... <laughs> I don't care if it's rocket science, data science, I'm sure you can pick up whatever it is. <laughs> it just goes to show, you don't have to be a specialist in a specific field to be able to do something that's completely outside of that, of the field, your, your normal secular field. Well, my college education was a little crazy. <laughs> How so? I mean, I started off... Um, taking like an engineering at Daniel Webster and supposedly that was like as competitive as MIT but the entire like semester all we did was build a single sprocket box it was mostly uh, faffing around with SolidWorks and I was like there's no building stuff and also calculus was just like nope <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay what am I gonna do well I'm pretty interested in people and how they work, so I took a few semesters of psychology. You know, thinking about it, I'm like, you know, there's probably a way I could combine, like, my creative mechanical stuff with, like, this whole thing about psychology, and it was like, aha! Art. Because you can get away with a lot in art. It's true. <laughs> you can duct tape a banana to the wall, and it's art. <laughs> <laughs> Until someone eats it, which I think did happen, right? Yeah, it did happen, and then someone <laughs> ate the banana. $200,000 banana uh, must have been good. I hope it was at least still fresh when it was first put up. I'm just thinking, like, after a couple of weeks, it's going to get pretty ripe real quick. <laughs> well, you know, when bananas turn brown, that's when they're the best. Oh. Right before they go mushy and they're brown? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you and I have a very different idea of the ideal time to eat a banana. <laughs> they can't eat them when they're green. They taste weird. They, they are. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make bananas ripen faster by, like, I've got them ripening faster by just putting them in a dark place for a day. And it's like, oh, yep, they're done. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, I think we've been going on for for, for almost an hour here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right on up. it. <laughs> oh, right on an hour? Yes. Hey. Um, 
this was this was about as, as enlightening as I, as as I thought it would be. Um, I thanks for thanks for being on the show, man. I really hey, appreciate it. It's, I like having the excuse to geek out about my giant robot. <gasps> yeah, no, that's that's that, that's amazing. Um, I cannot. You've got to keep uh, us updated. Keep posting videos. Um, oh yeah, so if people want to learn more, you can follow his YouTube channel. What's it called? Um, Green Mountain Mechworks. I'm actually thinking about rebranding, actually, because I've got a surname that's actually a little bit, um, has some brand recognition, kind of related to John Robots. Because, Ooh. see, I'm part of the Nye clan, and as you can imagine, there were lots of science guy um, jokes when I was in school, and I'm thinking... <laughs> Maybe I can capitalize on the nigh recognition. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, so, and... I'm currently Green Mountain Mechworks, but might be changing to JS Nye Mechworks. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to be doing some like uh, consulting with some business local business bureaus, see what uh, they think about it. Because if you use your name in your business name, theoretically, you might not have to register. I'm still unsure. Again, that's why I'm getting some, um, well, what did I say? Uh, consulting about that. There you go. Okay, okay. So, stay tuned. <laughs> Bill Nye, the Russian spy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so anywhere else that people can go to find you? Um, well, I am on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Green Mountain Mechworks. And... I think that's really it. I'm kind of a boomer when it comes to like social media stuff. I'm hiding in the wilderness working on the giant robot, so that scientist <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, oh say, yeah, same here. I my my two um my actually my only social media really like this Discord. Everything else is just for memes. <laughs> um, the meme. Yeah, meme. I, that's what I love about the internet, is that we have access to infinite knowledge. And, and what do you think we do with, the, for the first time in human history, being able to, to to have this extensive amount of knowledge on our fingertips? You know, you know what we do? We make memes. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's a good sign that the most popular videos are like cat videos, because, you know, it's a cute little animal. Right, right. All right. So that's a, we that's gotta a good wrap, sign for society. We gotta wrap this thing up. Um, don't forget to <laughs> to follow us on Twitter for Janky DIY um, post updates, podcast stuff, memes, all that, all that, all that fun stuff. Um, and if you haven't already, uh, follow us, like us, share us with your friend, share the podcast with your friends, um, and uh, see you next week. And remember, when you're working your projects, to keep it janky to the max!